This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Here's a question for you. Why is there not one mention of the word faith or one bit of instruction given to man before the fall concerning faith? God never changes. If it's impossible to please God without faith now, then it was always impossible to please God without faith. So why is there no instruction about faith? You can't say that it wasn't important because Jesus taught a lot about faith. He never changes either. So if faith is important now, why was there no instruction given to Adam and Eve about faith? Folks, there's a very easy answer for that. And that is, you don't need faith for what you can see. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Let me ask it a different way. When did the unseen realm start becoming unseen? Why would it make any sense for in any way whatsoever for God to create the earth or literally recreate the earth, take it from a position of being without form and void, which I personally, you decide, you judge this for yourself. But personally, I believe that's what it's talking about in um, Ezekiel chapter 28 about made the world a wilderness. I believe Satan was the one through his actions and through being cast out of heaven when he was rebelling against God with a third of the angels. I believe that's what caused the earth to be without form and void. There was something here before then. What? We don't know. But what we do know from the scripture is that it includes merchandise or commerce or business. Folks, there's something you need to know, and that is God is not a socialist. He's a capitalist. He gave talents in different measures to his children, and he expected them to do something with it, and he rewarded them based on the merit of what they did. The guy that had five turned it into ten. The guy that had two turned it into five. The guy that had one wrapped it in a napkin and buried it. The only one he was displeased with was the one that buried his talent. God's very much a capitalist. And there was some kind of system here on the earth before Adam and Eve over which Satan exercised some authority or some degree of authority in what the Bible describes to us about him. So again, when did the unseen realm start being unseen? Why would it make any sense for God to create man an exact duplicate in kind of himself, the greatest of his creation. He didn't make anything else in his image. Man was what he made in his image. Why put man here, give him authority over the earth, and then hide yourself from him? Folks, I firmly believe that the Bible tells us that when their eyes were opened to the physical realm, their spiritual eyes were shut to the spirit realm. Let me show you another example that's similar to this, only in reverse. Look with me over to uh, 2 Kings chapter 6. I don't want to spend a lot of time on the story, but basically it comes down to this. It tells us about Elisha warning the king of Israel against the king of Syria's plans. And he did that several times. God would reveal to him what the, the Israel's enemies were going to do, and he would 
warned the king, and the king would prepare himself and avoid the attacks of the enemy. And so the enemy king decides that he's going to go capture Elisha. Now, folks, the Bible shows how stupid people are. What is the king of Syria going to think? This prophet is shown by God of the things that I'm going to do, but I know I'll go catch him. Like God wouldn't show him that. So anyway, this starts taking place, and Elisha's servant sees how many of the enemy armies are arrayed against him, just he and Elisha. And Elisha answers in verse 16, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 16, Elisha answered his servant and said, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Now let me ask you a question. Did these chariots just show up when his eyes were open, or were they there all the time? Well, they had to have been there all the time because Elisha knew they were there. How did he know they were there? Did he see them? We don't have any indication that he did. But he was sure of what was there. So here's my question. How is it if God doesn't want man to see the spirit realm, then why did he grant Elisha's request to open the young man's eyes? If it's wrong or if it's contrary to the will of God for man to be aware of or to see over into the spirit realm, then why did he provide works of the Holy Ghost that allow that very thing to happen? Discerning of spirits is seeing over into the spirit realm. God made man on the earth who before the fall could see the spirit realm as easy as he could the natural realm. And as I said, faith deals with the unseen. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You don't need faith for what you can see. In the beginning, that's what they saw. They could see into the spirit realm, just as easy as they could see into the physical realm. But they lost that. What does the Bible tell us that one of the main themes of the Scripture, especially the New Testament, is? Well, Paul prayed for the Ephesian church that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that their spiritual eyes would be opened, that their spiritual eyes would be opened. Folks, we see from the Scripture that there's a lot of things happening around us. This room is full of angels. I know that for a fact because I brought mine with me. <laughs> you did too, whether you know it or not. This room is full of angels. Some people might say, oh, but the devil's there too. Well, what of it? And these are the kinds of things that the Bible tells us we should develop in, develop in knowledge about so that we are aware of spiritual things and spiritual forces and spiritual plans of God and not just the physical realm around us. 
The Bible says of Moses in Hebrews 11, I think it's verse 27, it says, Moses endured by seeing him who is invisible. By seeing him who is invisible. God wants us to see the invisible. Whether it's literally see it or just understand it from what the Bible tells us. He wants us to be more confident of the unseen realm than we are the realm that we can see with our physical eye. And that's what the Bible says pleases God. We get so caught up in what we can see and how we feel. But the things that we feel, the things that we can see with our physical or natural eye, all those things are temporary. And Jesus said through this uh, force called faith, believing in the truth of the, the Scripture about the unseen realm, Jesus told us that faith would change anything and everything in the natural realm. The Bible talks about in Revelation, one of the things that happens right at the end of the seven-year period of tribulation. Revelation chapter 6, verse 14. It says that God peels the, the sky back as a scroll. For what purpose? So that man can see the spiritual realm. God's never hidden from anybody. And he certainly didn't make the earth in such a way that he would be hidden from man. In both Lucifer's case and Eve's case, if they had known their place with God, then they could have fulfilled God's plan without detouring into sin. What does that say to you and me? That says to me that we need to know our place with God too. And that we can avoid the destruction that the devil wants to bring in our lives and attempts to bring into our lives by deceiving us and trying to influence us to misuse our authority through what we believe and what we say. We can avoid every bit of that by knowing who we are. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Paul prayed beginning in verse 15, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love to all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers. Here's a prayer that Paul prayed continuously for the church. Well, if it was good enough for the Ephesians, it's good enough for us too. What did you pray, Paul? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Now, what's he talking about? He's talking about understanding. He's talking about coming to the realization. Not just mentally agreeing with, but coming to the realization from your heart, from your spirit. The reality of who we are in Christ and what he's done for us. In other words, spiritual understanding so that we live according to the unseen realm rather than the physical realm alone. So he prays that God would give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of our understanding, this word understanding is the word spirit. It's translated it that way 
uh, translated as such in other translations, many others. That the eyes of your understanding, your eyes of your spirit being enlightened or opened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. He wants you to know what God has done for you. He wants you to know what Jesus provided for you. He wants you to know what God's plan for your life is, and he wants you to know the greatness of the power of God that dwells in you. Join Mike Webb and Foothill Family Church every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our weekly healing school. Healing school is for those who are in need of being healed from sickness in their body, as well as those who want to strengthen their faith in the area of healing. Faith begins where the will of God is known. It's discovering God's will in your situation. And folks, some situations are clear-cut. Healing for the physical body is clear-cut. That Jesus was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. Tell us that he took stripes upon his back, and by those stripes we were healed. He bore our griefs and carried our sicknesses. Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the 5 Freeway. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. Now, folks, I would submit to you, if, if a person comes to the place of maturity in those things, the understanding of those things, there's nothing the devil can do to stop you. Doesn't mean he won't try. But to know who we are in Christ, to know the authority that we've been given, to know what God's plan for us is, and he's got a different plan for you than he has for me. So I don't think this is just talking about the plan of the church in general, but also specifically about what God has for you to do. So if we come to understand those things along with the power of God that's been given to us and indwells us in the person of the Holy Spirit, what can the devil do? If you know who you are, if you know what belongs to you, if you know what you're supposed to do and you know you have the power to get it done, where's the work of the devil? He doesn't disappear, but he sure stops being a factor in your life. Have you ever noticed that Jesus didn't spend a whole lot of time with the devil when he was here on the earth? The longest experience he had was when he was tempted after the 40 days of fasting. And that lasted long enough for three temptations, and the devil took, uh, took out running. Anytime Jesus came in contact with the devil, he exercised authority over him, cast the devil out of whoever it was that he was influencing him uh, that was, had influence over him, and then the devil left. I think that should be an example to us, don't you? I don't understand people giving so much time and attention to the devil. Oh, but Pastor Mike, the devil's been after me. What of it? Bible keeps talking about how the devil left Jesus for a season. He always answered him with the word. He always used his authority over him. And every time the devil turned tail and run. Why is that? Well, one thing you know for sure, Jesus knew his place with God. He knew who he was. He knew what he was sent to do. 
And he knew the power that was available to him to do it. You've got an example of Eve and Lucifer who both want more than what they thought they had. And it leads them into sin, leads them into destruction. But Jesus, on the other hand, was just the opposite. Philippians chapter 2, around verse 5 or 6, says that Jesus knew his place with God before ever coming to the earth and didn't hold on to that place he had with God, but instead put him into the hands of his Father to bring forth and to complete the plan of redemption. Eve and, and Lucifer didn't know their place with God, so they tried to get something that they couldn't have and brought destruction on themselves. Jesus knew who he was with God and was willing to sacrifice that for the sake of mankind, you and me. It seems that when you come to know your place with God, being a servant to other people or serving others becomes part of the equation. So Paul prays that the eyes of our spirit, our understanding would be enlightened or opened, that we may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who do believe according to the working of his mighty power. The same power that he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above, not just a little bit over, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. He put all things under his feet. He's the head, the church is the body. Where are the feet? Feet aren't in the head. Wouldn't that be a weird looking thing? The feet are in the body. So that means he's put all things under you. You're a part of the family of God, aren't you? You're a part of the body of Christ then. He's put all things under you. And gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Let's go into chapter 2. He's still talking about the same thing. It says, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. And you hath he quickened. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead raised you too. That same power that made Jesus alive from the dead, I'm talking about spiritual death, made you alive from spiritual death too. Now we can't see these things with our natural eye. So we're going to have to rely on the truth of the word to reveal to us what's in the unseen realm. Verse 1 again, And you hath he quickened who are dead in trespasses and sins. Skip down to verse 6. The next several verses really just talk about an explanation or an um, expansion of what he said. And you hath he quickened who are dead in trespasses and sins. Verse 6, And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So when God raised Jesus, he raised you. When God quickened Jesus, he quickened you. Now, what does this say about our place with God? It says we're joint heirs with Christ. God doesn't have favorite children. He's no respecter of persons. 
He loves you as a part of his family just as much as he loves Jesus. Jesus was just as spiritually dead as you were, not because of any wrongdoing on his part, but because death was laid upon him to pay the price for it for you and me. But he was just as spiritually dead as you for a different reason, but just as spiritually dead as you and me. And so when the power of God raised Jesus from the dead, brought him back to life from spiritual death, spiritual death just being separation from God, he brought you to life too. And when he raised Jesus up to seat him at his right hand in the heavenly places, he raised you up too. You have exactly the same place. You have exactly the same life with the Father God as Jesus does. That's hard for us to comprehend, isn't it? That's why we need our spiritual eyes to be opened. We want to rank things. We want to say, well, it was Jesus, though. Jesus is the first. Jesus is the preeminent. And that's true. But most of us take that a little further in our thinking. You've got Jesus up here, and I'm right down here somewhere. But the Bible says Jesus is here, and you're here. Doesn't look that way to us, does it? And that's why we have to rely on the Bible to tell us what's in the unseen realm. And you have the quickened who are dead in trespasses and sins and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Notice verse 7. That or so that in the ages to come, in the ages to come, do you know there are ages yet to come? Now, we don't know a whole lot about these ages to come, but we can look back in the Bible and find the ages that have been. We're in the middle of the church age right now that's been 2,000 years so far. I'm not sure how much further it goes, but the Bible talks about ages to come. Heaven is a difficult concept for us to understand because most of us think that when we get to heaven, then we'll wind up floating around on clouds and having angels peel grapes for us or something. <laughs> and that's eternity. That's heaven. But God's got ages planned. Now, why would he have planned ages and included us in those? Heaven is going to be better than any of us have even imagined it to be. Heaven's not going to be a place where you don't have anything to do. Heaven's going to be a place where we have purpose, where we'll be carrying out the will of God in some means or manner. Now, how much further it goes than that, I don't know. I just exhausted the ability of my little peanut brain. but so that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. It's telling us that it's going to take God ages to show us how good he is and what all we have because we're in Christ. What does that mean? I don't know. But I believe it to be true.
So what's our place? Our place is one with God through Jesus. Our place is the same life that Jesus has himself. Our place is the same seat at the right hand of the Father that Jesus has himself. Our place is full of power. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. The greatest display of God's power was the resurrection of Jesus. And that's the power that dwells in you. That's what you've got. No wonder Paul prayed that our eyes would be open to this stuff. But again, notice the theme. That your eyes will be opened to the truth, the reality of the unseen realm. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for what you've done for us through your great plan of redemption, which was fulfilled and accomplished by Jesus, our Lord and Savior. We thank you, Lord, for quickening us, making us alive with Jesus. We thank you for exalting us to your right hand, seating us together with Christ in heavenly places. We thank you for the power that we have, Father, that resides in us now to accomplish every work that you have in store for us. We thank you that who you, whom you call, you equip, you empower, you enable. So we pray for ourselves, Father, even as Paul prayed. We thank you for giving us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Open the eyes of our spirits, Lord. Open the eyes of our understanding that we may know the hope of your calling and the riches of the glory that belongs to us as children of God, all that Jesus did for us and all that belongs to us now. And, Father, that we would know, see and know the mighty power that works in us as believers, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Father, open our eyes to the unseen realm. Open our eyes to the riches of the unseen realm that Jesus purchased for us with his precious blood. Open our eyes, Lord that we may see, that we may live up and to be exactly who Jesus paid the price for us to be. We ask you for these things, Father, in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Folks, there's more to us than meets the eye. You're more than who you think you are. The Bible says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. The greater one lives in you. What is he doing in there? He's there to strengthen you. He's there to help you. Rely on the help of the Holy Ghost in everything that you do. Thanks for watching today. Come visit us at Foothill Family Church. 
This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. No wonder Paul prayed that our eyes would be open to this stuff. But again, notice the theme. That your eyes will be open to the truth, the reality of the unseen realm. Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.